want to murder, she don't. The podcast where we watch horror movies because he likes them. But she don't. And then we talk about them. Because I like talking about them. And he don't. (laughs) (laughs) This week we are looking at our first vampire film. Yeah. Start with the best. Near Dark. 1987. Catherine Bigelow directed... Starring Adrian Pastar, I think that's how you say his name. It's an Iranian name. Sure. Even though he plays a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Lance Hendrickson. Jeanette Goldstein, who uh, actually plays a white person in this movie, which is nice. She's most famous for playing Vasquez in Aliens. Okay. Where she had brown face makeup on. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah. Not a good look right now. Like... Yeah, like ev- ever, I but thought, like, like especially not right now. I always thought she was Hispanic growing up. Like I, I didn't know she was actually like not Hispanic. Like it, and it that blew was, my mind. When that I was Diamondback. Yeah. Okay. She does have darker hair naturally, though. Yeah. She dyed it for the this movie. I'm not excusing the brown face makeup at all, but yeah, but she was definitely white in this one. Mm-hmm. So yay, I guess. So sensitivities to start us off. So there's some blood. I mean, you're watching a vampire movie. There's going to be a lot of blood. And there wasn't an extreme amount, though. The part when late in the movie, the truck. Okay. That part was pretty extreme. But it was um, also dark. Like yeah. everything is filmed at nighttime because she vampires. subscribed to the traditional vampires where they die if they in the sun. So traditional movie vampires because that was actually from a movie. Was it? Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula, they're weak in the sunlight, or like in the original book. Ah. And in a lot of the stories, they're weak in sunlight, but they're not, they don't burn up from it. But the first Nosferatu from like 1919 or 1917 or whatever it was from, that was where they introduced uh, sunlight actually killing vampires because the lady opens the drapes and he goes, ah. Okay, you didn't get to see me mime the perfectly acted <laughs> Max Shrek, like <laughs> tilting his head back, going, ah. And then it's a silent film, so you'd actually, he's always be just. But that doesn't make good radio, so... <laughs> good radio? This yes. Is radio. Other sensitivities, there is a... Coercive kiss at the early in the movie. Yes. And it's very much a predatory feel at the beginning. And then it's you find movie, out so. that she flips the script because she's, vam- she's the vampire. Spoiler, sorry. So yeah, there's not a whole lot in this that's real super objectionable. There's some language. I don't want to go too far into it, but there is some creepiness about one of the characters uh, being a kid, but only kind of. But we'll get into that in the actual movie. So would you recommend? The whole concept of this podcast being that I don't like horror movies, I would recommend it to a horror movie hater because it wasn't hard to watch. But would I recommend it based on the merit of the film? Of course you would, because it's one of, if not the best vampire movie of all time. I would not. Oh, God. But it is an easy watch. So for those of you who want to find a horror movie to watch with your beloved other friend, whatever, that does like horror movies, this is a good one because it, it was a pretty easy watch. It's such a cool movie. It's the coolest vampires. It doesn't take this, like, super romantic view of the vampire. It makes them look, like, dirty and grungy. And I'm like, yes, that is the best vampire. It's so good. I love this movie. High recommend. High recommend. Let's get into the story of Near Dark. Mm-hmm. It starts with Caleb. Caleb Colton, uh, played by Adrian Pastar. Um, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let's start with the credits. Who did the music for this? Oh, yes. Tangerine Dream did the music for this. This is the one bright spot I can point to and be like, yes, that is correct. Because they also did the music for Legend. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, I love them. So anyway, Tangerine Dream did the music for Near Dark. But Caleb, small town, kind of farmhand kind of kid. His, I don't think you find out for a little while, but his dad's like a veterinarian for farms and stuff like that. He's out on a town one night and meets a young woman named May played by Ginny Wright, and they just have this, like, immediate attraction. She's very pretty in this movie. When you first introduce her, she's, like, licking on an ice cream cone in her, like, pants and cut shirt. Looking very young. Yeah, very wayfish, but... Yeah, absolutely. She's... Zoe Deschanel meets vampires. Like, she is the manic pixie dream girl of the vampire world, hands down. So they, they start hitting it off, and she drives him, or he drives her around. Just kind of seems very almost out of it. The way she talks, though, like she can't you hear the night or can't look, you can the see the night for is miles. so bright, it's blinding. After driving her around a bit, he's like, Hey, we'll take you, and I've got, I want you to meet somebody, and takes her to the farm where he lives and introduces her to the horse, but the horse is freaking out because in some vampire mythology, animals are afraid of vampires, so it starts running off, and she's like, Oh, and he's trying to kiss her, and she's like, No, 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 oh, the night is so bright again, and blah, 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 and very. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. See, you said they don't romanticize the concept of vampires. And yeah, they're not squeaky clean. They they are grungy. It's it, deep south. One of the vampires we'll find out later actually fought for the south. So it's this kind of western meets vampire lore. The, there is a romance at the heart of the story, but the vampires are not like necessarily romantic figures. Right, but she waxes poetic so so much. Yeah, I think she's just on drugs. She she definitely seems like one of those hippie high school girls that Absolutely. has smoked a little too much weed. So the horse freaks out by her. She's she's like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize how late it was. You need to drive me home now. So they're speeding home and the sun starts coming up. He doesn't know she's a vampire, but she's like, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry. And he's like, no, 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 no. Stops in the middle of the road, puts the keys down his shirt. He assumes that it's her dad freaking out that she's not going to be home in time. He tells her, I'll just tell him that the car broke down. So this girl he picked up randomly in town, he's now going to meet her father? Like, what? Excuse me? Good old country boy. You've had her out all night and you're going to go and shake the hands of the man that is in charge of her because she has a dad. Like, she's young enough to have a dad to answer to. Hit me the wrong way. Super creepy. Anyway, he puts the keys down his shirt and says that he won't drive her until she kisses him. And she does, which it's creepy, dude. Like, I don't like that part of the movie. You know, other than that, I really like this movie. But she kisses him, and uh, but then she takes off running after nipping him on the neck yes. while they're making out. She wants to kiss him. She hangs out with him. She wants to kiss him. So she kisses him, and I think that feeling is genuine, but I think she's also freaking out because it's dawn right so everything is light blue whereas before it was black and time is running out for her so she kisses him nips him on the neck gets out of the car and just starts booking it he's like wait where are you going wait come back tries to turn the car over car doesn't start and i'm like yeah that's what you get karma anyway (laughs) he got nipped on the neck and he starts having to walk home and as he's walking home he's kind of curled in on himself and smoke's coming out of his jacket every everywhere he's got a jacket and a cowboy hat and jeans on so he's pretty covered from the sun he's walking home through the fields and and smoke's coming up out of him as he's going along he's falling over and just cramped over like like cramps real bad or something and uh his sister who's probably around eight to ten somewhere around there sees him it's like oh it's caleb there he is and his dad's like oh 
boy better hurry up and get home blah 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 and then an rv comes tearing ass out of nowhere grabs him and pulls him in and takes off with him while the dad and his sister are watching that's when we get to meet the family of psychotic vampires and they are great okay so we have so severin is the first one we meet he has his boot spur against his neck and he's like i'm gonna Release. Cut your face off or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to, like, release your head from your body if you're okay with that. And just super aggressive, creepily so. With a smile on his face, even. May's there, and she's like, no, don't. And then we get to meet Homer, who is the young yeah. boy, about 10 to 12, somewhere around yeah. in there, who was turned as a vampire and didn't grow up past that, but he is... A lot older than he looks. Played by Joshua John Miller from Halloween 3. Diamondback. Diamondback. Yeah. She's kind of the mom of the group. And and she's the one who... Uh, out of uh, all the costumes, I like hers best. Yeah. Jeanette Goldstein. Vasquez from Aliens. And then we have Jesse Hooker. Lance he's, Hendrickson. Yeah. He's the grandpa of the group or the father figure. Calling him Gramps through the movie, but he's much more of a father figure than anything else. And... So there's May, Homer, Severn, and then Diamondback and Jesse Hooker. Mm -hmm. So there's two girls, three boys. Mm -hmm. And now there's a fourth boy. Well, they they don't realize at first that Caleb has been turned. They just think, okay, he, he knows who May is. He could lead us to trouble, so we need to pick him up and kill him. And then she's like, nope, I bit him. I didn't kill him. He's going to turn. He's already one of us. She said, I bit him but didn't drain him or something along those mm-hmm. lines. And I'm like, okay, cool. You have your own terminology. That's all right. Uh, I didn't I didn't enjoy their term. I didn't drain him. I didn't bleed him. That's bleed what him. it was. Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't bleed him. Ooh, I bit him, but I didn't ju- bleed him. It just, it, anyway. So Jesse just kind of gives him, you know, the opportunity to become part of the family. He says, you know, you have to feed for yourself. After the first night, they send him out and he... Tries to get home and can't can't make it because he keeps getting sick because he hasn't eaten anything. And anything he tries to eat makes him throw up. So he gets a bus ride home or tries to get a bus ride home. But, you know, before he even leaves the city, has to get off the bus because he's so sick. May finds him, lets him drink a little of blood out of her wrist and... Sustains him for another night or two. And Jesse's like, look, if you can't kill, if you can't hunt for yourself and get your own food... You're dragging everyone down, so we're just going to kill you. I'll give it's you a not week fair to, to May yeah. for you to live off May. And that's when he's like, you're going to kill tonight. All during these sequences, you see Caleb's dad and sister going to the police over and over again, calling, basically missing him. They're taking a road trip. It's it set in Texas, I mm-hmm. think. I think so. Texas, Oklahoma, somewhere in there. Yeah, they, they mention Texas a lot and Oklahoma as well. They're going on a road trip trying to find any instances of somebody seeing him, somebody hearing about a group of people in an RV. They burn the RV, so then they drop the RV, and then they don't know what kind of vehicle. So they're just showing pictures going, have you seen this guy? Have you seen this guy? So they're looking for him with everything they've got. And then that night that Jesse Hooker said, hey, you can't live on May anymore. You either kill tonight and feed yourself and show us that you can be a part of us or you're out. So they drive out to a bar in the middle of nowhere. This is the most famous scene. It's definitely my favorite scene of of the movie of the family of vampires just tearing ass through a bar. Severin messing with people and picking fights with the clientele. 
Jesse and Diamondback just being sleazy and monstrous. and It's almost as if they want a threesome. And it's, it's oof, they're covered in oil. Like, not literally, but it just feels... One Every the, single thing they say just makes my spine itch. Like, it's gross. I one of the like things it. I really love about this movie is because, like, these guys get exposed to the sun a lot for vampires. Like, especially knowing that it's super deadly for them. And they're constantly covered with soot from them burning. Constantly. I don't think Adrian, uh, or Caleb, I don't think he's clean throughout any of this movie. Except th- for the very beginning mm-hmm. and a little bit at the end. He is filthy this whole movie. And it, it just, it plays really well for me. Like, it works really well. But anyway. Anyway, so they go to the bar and Severn starts messing with people and they, I think, I think Jesse and Diamondback kill the first patron of the bar, the, the waitress, right? Because mm-hmm. they cut her throat and pour it into a glass and ha ha. And then they just one by one start tearing up everybody in the bar apart. Bartender does shoot Caleb in the stomach with a shotgun. And that was pretty funny watching him just go like, ha, 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 am I, am I dead? Like, <laughs> That part was comical, but not enough to save all of the problems I have with this movie. So <laughs> They kill the entire bar. There's one guy left, and they're like, okay, Caleb, this is the one. You kill this one. and But the guy runs and jumps through the window, and they're like, all right, go after him. So he goes after him, and he catches up with him, but then he lets him go. Well, because he allowed the guy to beg for his life. Don't let him say please, because <laughs> you know you're not going to do it. You don't want to do it. First rule of being a vampire. If you ever find yourself becoming a vampire, don't let them beg for their life. <laughs> Everybody has a sob story. Everybody has a reason they don't want to die. Don't let them do it because it's going to convince you not to do it. And then you're going to die or put yourself in danger or put your people that have been taking care of you in danger like that. Come on. Okay. Vampire common sense 101. Come on. Murder she don't uh, does not condone murdering anybody (laughs) if you become a vampire. Just in case the lawyers want to say anything. Agreed. (laughs) Now she does recommend killing people, but as a podcast, we do not. No. <laughs> anyway. Maybe so you. The guy gets away and Jesse's like, we're screwed. We got to go. We got to get a new car. Sunlight's coming up. Like, we got to we gotta do something because this guy's loose. He knows what we look like. He knows where we've been. They steal a black van and then they rent a little bungalow, as Jesse calls it when he's renting it. <laughs> and this part's really cool because it's an old guy that is working the desk. He's not at the desk. He has to, like, ring the bell and get him around. He's like, come on, come on, come on, because he's starting to smoke because of the sunlight coming into the window. The guy comes around and he kind of shuffles. You could tell he was asleep and now he's awake and he's an older, like old, 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 90s. Very old man, yeah. Uh, And he's like, haven't I seen you here before? Haven't you rented from me before? And he goes, yeah, I come around every 50 years. Go ahead and put my reservation on the books for the next 50. And he leaves. Right about that time, I was starting to wonder where does, like, how does he know where all of these little places to hide? Mm -hmm. They like drive into these abandoned abandoned like garages and warehouses to kind of hide out during the daytime and I'm like how does he know how does Jesse know and it's because he's been around for forever that kind of answered my question a little bit and allowed me to see there's more to Jesse than just this story Mm -hmm. there's so much I'm wondering about the characters like that doesn't get explored in this movie but there have been a sequel 
or prequel. a TV show or a prequel or just something. Just uh, more time with these characters. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> Jesse was right. They're in trouble because the one survivor from the bar has led them to the, the bungalow they're staying at. I'm not sure why they brought him to the led bungalow. The, led the police. The police. To the bungalow. The police start knocking at the door, but the vampire family are all passed out. Groggy and weak during sunlight hours, I guess. Anyway, it ends up becoming this huge shootout. Just the, really amazing. With Every time a bullet hits the, the wall, like beam of sunlight comes through and it starts burning them left and right. The very first shot, Severin shoots a shotgun through the front door and it blows the cop like 10 feet back, but it also blows him back because the sunlight comes and hits him in the chest. Uh, just a really cool gunfight here. You know, this whole thing's going on. Even Homer, the little kid, is out there with a little six shooter like, bah, 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 trying to. <laughs> and they toss Caleb the keys because he's like, I'll make a run for it. And they're like, fine, go for it. You're going to die. We're probably all going to die, but you'll that's, die first. So that's going to that's gonna take care of our problem of you. We were going to get rid of you the next night anyway. So go ahead. So he goes, gets the van, makes it back, bursts into the side of the bungalow with the van. Everybody gets in. They cover the windows of each vehicle with tinfoil and, and spray, spray paint, paint and duct tape and just anything to block out the sun on the car. So, which is such a clever idea for, like, I've never seen that in another movie and I'm like, everybody should do that. You've seen it in Buffy a million times. Spike okay. drives a car. Alright, what I mean is like, you, I would, you would expect, yeah, you've never seen it before and you would expect to see it all the time now and it does not get used often enough in my opinion. It it's such used, a clever idea. It got used a lot in Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show. I, I remember it a couple times, but not a lot. Anyway. He really does not like that I don't like <laughs> this movie. <laughs> Everybody gets in. They go off. They're celebrating their victory. Caleb pulling that stunt off has now won the favor. Won the favor of them. And May even says, it's almost like you're one of us now. Almost. And she's the one that likes him the best. And if she's saying almost, (laughs) I don't know what they're celebrating if they aren't fully accepting of him. But anyway, so they're at a different hotel now. She tells him, Caleb, let's go look at the night because that's just who she is. So he's like, okay. So they go walk out and that's when she tells him, you're almost like one of us. Everybody else is playing poker inside. Jesse Hooker is smoking a cigarette and passes it to Homer. So you get to see a kid like around the age of 10 to 12 smoke and he's like, ooh, cigarette. And so he goes outside to light another one. I don't know why he went outside because they're smoking inside. And so he goes out to get some fresh air or whatever and he hears somebody at the vending machine. He looks, he sees this young girl about his age eight to ten maybe a little bit younger than him ding 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 light bulbs go off in his head and he goes hey and starts up a conversation convinces her to go back and watch tv she's like is it a color television and he's like yeah sure uh-huh she goes what is even on and this is this dates this movie so much because there wasn't anything on like they caught the last few seconds of maybe an infomercial and then it went to static and i forgot but i do remember tv used to stop there wasn't round the clock programming you would wake up and there would just be a on the tv and i'm like oh i remember that kind of it wasn't the of the static that they saw and she goes well i should get back to my my room anyway by that time they ask her are you here alone she says no i'm staying with my dad in room three so they kind of look at each other and they're like okay honey she sits down with homer is watching tv They go get the dad. So by the time she's like, I should get back. They're now bringing the dad into the hotel room. Round about that time, May and... 
Caleb come back into the room, Sarah, his sister, the one who Homer saw, is like, Caleb, we've been looking all over for you. And he looks at her and is like, what the hell are you doing here? You're in danger. You need to get away. Dad comes in through the door right after Caleb and is like, what is going on? Sees Caleb and is like, Caleb, who are these people? So showdown happens. They start fighting. Caleb grabs his sister, pulls the dad out, and they run out to the dad's truck and jump in. But the sunlight's coming up. He's in the back of the covered truck, and the sister and dad are in the front. And the vampires have to stay back a little because there's there's sunlight. So Caleb's dad starts asking him, like, well, what's going on? Who are those people? What, what What's wrong with you? And he's like, I, I'm sick, dad. And he's like, well, then we'll get you to the hospital. Do you have any hospital that'll fix this? And he shoves his hand in the sunlight and starts crispying it up real good. So he's like, oh, okay. So they take him home before. Oh, God. The, the one thing I hate about this movie is he goes, dad, have you ever done a transfusion on a human? He takes him home and gives him a blood transfusion, which fixes being a vampire, I guess. Yeah. Which that's stupid. I, as a transfusion, that's the one thing about this. Ooh. As a transfusion was taking place, I wrote down: Is it to give him strength back? Is it to cure him? What is happening? The next morning, Sarah opens the. There, Sarah opens the barn door, and she pulls like she pushes the door back and all of the sunlight is coming in and I'm like Sarah what are you doing he showed you but nothing happens and so he's not a vampire anymore he's back to being a human because that's how that works it's stupid it's it's a very... there's, there's one thing I have to complain about this movie. It's that. That is such a dumb... Like, at least in Lost Boys, it was like, oh, you have to kill the head vampire. In this, it's like, oh, just a blood transfusion will work. <laughs> I mean, both those excuses are dumb. But, you know, that, yeah, transfusion. So anyway, he gets the blood transfusion. He gets cured. He works on the farm a little bit. And kind they... Kind of seems like life is going to go back to normal. Right. So they're having dinner um, that night or a night shortly after. And Sarah's like, I want Caleb to read me a story. And he's goes okay i'll be up in a minute he hears a sound goes out there's may sitting on the swing and i'm like oh she left her group to come and be with him like maybe he could hide her in his room and like darken do the blackout curtains and like yeah this is my wife but she only comes out for dinner parties she's not you know she's a night owl like she's a man eater she only comes out at night (laughs) she is a man eater though yep and I'm like, well, they live on a farm. They have pig's blood everywhere, probably. Yeah, they didn't mention the fact that if vampires could eat animals or not, because that seems like something, that an easy like, way around that. Right. Like, he doesn't want to kill somebody, but he lives on a farm. His dad's a veterinarian. Like, it just makes sense that you would give him more strength by giving him the blood transfusion and then letting him live off pig's blood or cow's blood or something right whatever animal he can find because as a farmer you cannot be sensitive about taking the life of an animal that's why you farm them sorry for the vegans out there no no shade she's sitting there going why don't you come back or something along those lines and she asks a very stupid question so what is your decision i think is more along the lines of what she asks and i'm like girl don't ask questions that the answer is only going to break your heart the person who sired you because we did learn in the fight in the hubbub Mm -hmm. that homer the kid was the one that turned may hoping that she would be his girlfriend now may is about they don't say specifically that it's a girlfriend thing it could just be that he wanted a sister but he does mention earlier in the movie you don't know what it's like to be a big man in a little man's body i do like severin's line about yeah but i know what it's like to hear about it every night 
night forever. <laughs> I mean, he, he got turned when he was 12. So that's yeah. like the height of puberty. I'm pretty sure hormones had something to do. Like, it, I mean, they never saying, explicitly say it. But I'm it's not a saying it wasn't, a but... To make that assumption. But it's a, it's a little assuming that. Why do you think that all boys only want sex, huh? Huh? Because huh? at 12, huh? that's literally <laughs> the only... I've... Te- I've middle school boys. I know how hard it is to keep their focus on other things. So Homer turned May and he looks at Caleb and is like, you stole May from me. I'm going to turn your sister and then we'll be even. So even Steve, even Steven May is there talking to him about like, so what's your decision? I'm like, girl, he left you cross state lines. He made his he, decision. He, his decision has already been been made. Why are you sitting in front of him asking him to choose you when he obviously didn't? But and he obviously also still cares for her because he runs out there and hugs her and is excited she, to see her. Yes. And she notices that he's warm again. His heart is beating. She's like, you're human again. How? And he goes, I, you know, whatever. And makes some excuse. And then he hears his sister scream or something along those lines. And it's not just her. She's brought the whole group back because Homer wants to turn Sarah. So then he chases after them. I don't know where dad's at in this story. He was just left sitting at the kitchen table. Honestly, Caleb might have just been like, hey, you need to stay here because these guys are going to murder you if they if you come with me. You know what I mean? Like if I was Caleb, I don't I'm not entirely sure I wouldn't want him going there either. True. But the gusto with which he searched for Caleb. Yeah. You think he's going to let his daughter who's eight to ten just be taken by these people? I don't I don't. Mm-mm. I but, don't buy that. So he's he's trying to find them. He runs out to the car after he realizes they've taken Sarah and the tires are slashed. So he has to get on horseback and starts riding it into town. There's some cool silhouette shots. He gets to town, starts taking the horse through town. I think and the there's horse starts... actually a tumbleweed rolling through town. You know. <laughs> the horse gets spooked because the vampires are nearby. So it takes off running and there's Severin. And Severin proceeds to beat the living crap out of Caleb left and right. Like he's just throwing him yards away from him. And now he's human, so everything hurts. <laughs> There's not much he can do about it. If he got shot in the stomach again, he would not be alive. Yeah. Severin kind of is teasing with him a little bit, and Caleb sees an 18-wheeler and runs over to it and is like, hey, I need a, I need your vehicle. And the guy's like, go the hell away, <laughs> like, like a normal person would. And Severin shoots him in the forehead from like four or five blocks out. And I'm just like, damn, that's... You could have just killed Caleb right now. Like, you didn't need, you don't even have to play with him anymore. Like, he could be dead. He had opened the car door, so the car door was obstructing his view of Caleb. Okay. So, I don't think he could have like, shot the dude in the he, forehead. Could from he that have? Far away. Yes, but Severin's just one of those people that like to play with he, like, he, he tortures with, uh, tortures people, yeah. Caleb jumps in the driver's seat, and <laughs> we did forget to mention the completely stupid scene earlier in the movie where Caleb and May are with the truck driver, and that's supposed to be Caleb's first kill. That's truck driver starts teaching him how to drive how to operate a stick shift on an 18 wheeler and it ah, that scene doesn't make much sense like it's only there for this reason and that's so Caleb can learn how to drive the 18 wheeler <laughs> into Severin <laughs> that's when Severin just puts his arms out and like come on do it I don't even care hits him with the truck and Caleb's sitting there like yeah yeah and I'm like he, he's a vampire man you got shot in the gut with a shotgun you know that truck's not gonna stop him Mm-mm. I'm surprised that the truck kept going honestly I, I fully expected it to hit him and stop yeah just like <laughs> but uh, Severin starts climbing up on the hood and he is just tore to hell 
hell. Like The whole left side of his face is just meat and blood. But again, it's dark, so you don't get to see a lot of details of the gore, which saves those of us who don't enjoy it. But it is intense. So You can tell half of his face is gone. Yeah, Severin starts ripping through the hood of the truck, pulling out wires and stuff. That's when Caleb, Caleb pulls his special move of jackknifing the truck. Because that's what that's, that, the 18 wheeler that, taught wheeler, him not yeah. to do. Don't do that. So he did it. So he does it, jumps out of the side, and the truck explodes into a big fiery <laughs> explosion because that's what happens when a truck jackknives it. It automatically so explodes. Like, even if it was flammable material, you need something to ignite it, and I don't think that there was... A spark? Like, I don't, like, it just... Maybe Severin tearing all the stuff out of the hood, you know, maybe that caused something to happen. I don't know. He he tore, basically, the, it felt like the brakes, like the brake lines, but that's exactly how you jackknife, is you stop the cab before the trailer. Like, that's how it was explained. So if he ripped out the brakes, how is he jackknifing? There's so many holes (laughs) in this plot device here. I did, I... mm. But Severin gets killed, and then Jesse and Diamondback meet up with him. They have Homer in the back seat with Sarah, and she's putting up a great fight. And Homer's like, "Just come here, give me your neck," or like he doesn't say that, but that's like they're you can literally see their shadows kind of tossing in the back. And Caleb's sitting there going, "Where's Sarah?" And I'm like, "Do you not see them? <laughs> I see them. Do you not see them? Do they?" Do- but he's talking to Jesse while Diamondback sneaks up behind him, and Diamondback pulls the knife out and is getting ready to stab him in the back. Or uh, throw it. Throw She's the knife, knife into the back her. of his head. And then that's when Sarah pops out of the car and goes, Caleb, behind you! Or something like that. And gets out of the way. Diamondback throws the knife and it goes, Kicka! Into Jesse's mouth. Just just a bit of cheese that I need. Just the right amount of cheese. Just a perfect little... And she's uh, like, oh my god, Jesse, I'm so sorry! And he pulls the knife out of his throat, basically. With blood dripping down and he wipes his mouth like you would... And he keeps going because he's a vampire. Caleb grabs Sarah and starts booking it back mm-hmm. home. It's a rural town, but it's a small town. So he's he's carrying her. He trips, he falls. It's starting to get light blue again. So, you know, the sun is a coming. He trips, falls, drops her. She gets up and is like, come on, Caleb, I'm scared. He goes, just keep running, just keep running. And he's like trying to get up and she's a little bit away from him. Enough so that they can swoop in with the car, grab her. And May is sitting there watching in the back seat. Caleb just running, just like booking it, trying to get back to them. She looks forward to Diamondback and Jesse and realizes they're horrible people. And she's not a good fit for them. She waxes poetic too often. And she really loves Caleb, I guess. Sure, throw that in there on top of everything. She grabs Sarah breaks out of the back windshield even though she starts crisping up real nicely right away and i mean she's covered she has long sleeves she has jeans she has holes in her jeans which (laughs) problematic number one but i mean i guess fashionable for the time and she falls on top of sarah (laughs) yeah the little if that was an actual person her whole pelvic area would have been crushed by the weight of the fall with something on top of her yeah the stunt was badly shot badly shot shot at it yeah they break out of the back windshield caleb runs up to them homer is 
trying to get to her. He starts burning. He gets out of the car and is like walking slowly because apparently when you're on fire, you go slower. I don't know if I was on fire. I think I would be going faster, but whatever. So he's going slower. It's like he's trying to get through mud. It's trying to get back to Sarah. And then he just like spontaneously combusts. And Diamondback and Jesse are like, oh no, our baby. Even though it's not actually their kid. They just turned him. By that time, Caleb has caught up with Sarah and May on the ground. He throws his coat over May to help protect her. Jesse and Diamondback Diamondback are still in the car. And so they turn around trying to run them over or Mm -hmm. whatever. But before they can, there's too much sun coming in. Not enough people to block out the sun from the back, like with the spray paint and whatever. And so he's driving. His hand catches on fire. And then the car just slowly goes off to the side. and engulfs in flame. And I'm sorry, if two people are on fire with a can of gasoline in the back, it would have not made the fireball. <laughs> it was quite the explosion. I mean, vampires must have gasoline and C4 just hidden in their <laughs> anatomy because that was, it was huge. So anyway, that explodes. He picks up May, gets Sarah. They go back like nothing happened to the farm. The next day, May wakes up on the table and she hears the barn door move and she sees the light and she starts oh no oh no and freaking out and you see a bandage around Caleb's arm and a bandage around May's arm so he transfused her to bring her back to being human and they all live happily ever after yes still a better love story than Twilight I never said it wasn't (laughs) I I wholeheartedly agree with that comment but like that's where it ends right yeah that's the end Oh, that's what the ending. Oh, my God. So they're hugging. She's still laying on the table and they they hug. They're going to live happily ever after. And all of a sudden, the the frame freezes. It's a freeze frame. And then they just start zooming into it. Very 1980s thing to do. Very, very. It dates them a lot. So watching it in 2020, even though I was born in the 80s and I love everything about the, well, not everything about the 80s, but (laughs) I love the music. I love so many memories come from that and it's nostalgic for me. That's just a made for (laughs) lifetime movie. The freeze frame thing. It's so cheesy. There, there are a couple of like firmly embedded 80s things in the movie. but. But the scoring was great. Yay, Tangerine Dream. The movie looks so cool. Like, its depictions of night are so dark and ominous. Depending on where they are in the story, the night can be either really bright or really dark. And it's just really interesting the way that, like, here in this scene, it's not daylight yet, but it's just a really... You never see films really shooting at that kind of beginning of dawn. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... The sun's not even visible yet, but it's there. And and then there's the, the scene I really wish they hadn't cut it out of the movie, the deleted scene of, like, the black and white where you get to see the night nighttime when it's bright like she's talking about and it's just so bright and everything's so lit um i don't know just the way light works in this movie is really cool but the black and white movie there was puffy clouds that like i've never seen and maybe it's because i'm not seeing You're them not with a vampire, vampire eyes yeah, if you had vampire eyes you would know it was very look, much look with your vampire eyes it was <laughs> no it was very much obviously daytime when they shot that black and white scene. I do like the energy. The vam- the vampire energy isn't like any other vampire energy I've ever seen. It's very much Jack Kerouac meets vampiric lore. 
they're always on the run. They never stay in the same place mm-hmm. um, for more than a couple of days. So there's that. They are that. Western cowboy. Bohemian I mean, yeah, type of. It's just, just this dirty city cowboy kind of feel to everything. And ah, it's just so cool. They're the coolest vampires in this movie. <laughs> they are so, like, they're cruel and monstrous. Yes, they're still monsters, but ah, they're cool. Severin is cool as hell. <laughs> I would I would really this is one of those movies like Event Horizon I would really like to see it remade but in a different setting. I don't want it to be a western because there's a lot of themes of, of poverty throughout the entire movie. They don't have a lot of money. They fly by the seat of their pants. Caleb isn't rich. He couldn't even afford a beer the first night when before he met May and was turned. Then he couldn't afford a bus ticket like there's little drops of poverty all the way throughout and there's more poverty than just in the rural country bumpkin like the whole movie i was thinking about that song the country awful bumpkin. awful song country bumpkin there's a frost, frost out on, on the pumpkin, pumpkin. Oh, god it's the worst song yeah like but that's the area that they were in i would really love to see it inner city type of like trailer park she mentions a trailer park mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, okay i think i know where this is going and then it veered in the opposite direction of oh here's a ex-vampire on a horse that's (laughs) going to do some reckoning i half expected him and severin to face back to back take 10 paces and draw like that is there's western hamilton recently please there's western and then there's i'm gonna beat you over the head with a western and that's what i feel this was Uh, i think this was a perfect amount of the Western mythology and kind of well, I'm not a fan vampire of, monster movie stuff too. I'm not a fan of Westerns either. It's not my it's not my bag, man. She doesn't like horror movies. She doesn't like Westerns. I, I just don't get it. And even the love story, like I couldn't look at The love at story it, is the weakest part to me. Like Yeah, but that's the, supposed to be the glue. Decent chemistry. Yeah, and that's supposed to be the glue that's holding it together is yeah. the love story. And if it's the weakest part of this movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually getting a little mad at you right now. <laughs> I freaking love this movie. Oh, so are you getting mad at me because I'm pointing out flaws in it? No, there are no flaws with it. You're just making stuff up. (laughs) No, I like. (laughs) I'm not actually mad at you, but I just don't understand. I don't understand. You don't understand. I don't understand how you could not like this movie. I don't get it. Despite everything I've explained. Yeah, because I've seen some of the movies you do like, and let me tell you. Okay, so what bad love stories are not a problem for you most of the time. Go ahead. How Put me time, on blast. How many times did you see Titanic in the theater? Okay, I was 12. <laughs> I was literally 12. Hadn't, okay, had, so hadn't had my first kiss yet. In so defense yeah, I was of kind this of movie, obsessed with Titanic. In defense of this movie, this is a version of vampires you have not seen before. This is a version of vampires that built an entire RPG system. Somebody was like, oh, we should make a vampire game that's like Near Dark because Near Dark is a gritty and like they're monsters, but they're also people and they're just trying to get by in the world. Near Dark is the best modern vampire movie, in my opinion. I I can't think of one that I like better. Lost Boys is good, but uh, that's too much of a comedy. This is not trying to be funny. There's a couple of comedic moments, but this this is a monster, like vampires as an actual monster and not just like a love interest. I just feel like whereas Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the television show, not the movie. The movie is a comedy. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Like, oh my God, so hilarious. I love the movie separate 
from the TV show. It's two different entities in my mind. But the television show has Spike. And what I would love is that bohemian lifestyle on a punk set of vampires Mm -hmm. versus a Western. And yeah, it came after. So they probably watched Near Dark and were inspired by Near Dark and made that. So I appreciate Near Dark for having that. I don't think it's the only example of knocking vampires down a peg of you're not going to live in a castle like Bram Stoker's Dracula. You're not going to have... And they also took out the classic stabbing in the heart with mm-hmm. a stake. They took out At all... At least it's never addressed. Well, right. But in even the making of, when we right, watched right, right. The, the little short the extra scene on the DVD, she even said, we, we purposely took that out. And I thought it was a missed opportunity because she's like, we took out all of the gothic things mm-hmm. and just to keep it clean and simple. And I was like, really? Because that's the only clean thing. Everything was covered in dust and dirt <laughs> and grime and ash. Like, that's the only clean thing is that you took out some of the lore that I think could could have been used i mean they're in the bible belt for god's sakes crosses would have been everywhere like there's such thing as a southern gothic you don't have to be super transylvania that kind of gothic but you can incorporate that southern gothic feel into it and i guess that's what i was missing may waxing poetic got as close to southern gothic as i think anybody did but even that got super annoying. There were too many shots of him stumbling on his feet. Like the sneaker shots, I'm done. I'm done. Like I couldn't, if they showed his feet one more time when he was sick as a vampire, when he turned, and they turned extremely fast. Like what was that, an hour and he was already burning in the sun? Yeah, I mean. Like even if that When you have a different type of mythology, you can do whatever you want with it, you know? And I don't want to take away that freedom, but there are certain things that you're expecting in a vampire movie. Couple think, of crosses. I think this one was trying to subvert a lot of those expectations. That was kind of the point that they were going for was to make a you vampire can, movie like you hadn't seen before. Okay, you can subvert expectations without throwing out an entire like killing a vampire with a stake. I I needed that. I needed that satisfaction. I will I will give you Severin needed a better death yes. because his death was dumb, especially and, for a character like who is so charismatic throughout the whole thing. I, I don't know. Everybody just spontaneously combusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, that kept Caleb clean because he wasn't a killer, even mm. though they stole his sister. And I get that. I just don't think if somebody steals my son or steals my sister, I'm going after him with a stake and it's getting drived into their heart. I don't care if they're a vampire or not. I don't condone murder. I don't. But still. You've been talking about murder <laughs> a lot in this you episode. See what this movie makes me do? <laughs> You're wrong about <laughs> this movie. <laughs> High recommend. Uh, any menu that you can think of for Near Dark? Absolutely. Ice cream cones are a must because mm-hmm. that is how May kind of seduces Caleb in a passive way. And they talk about this in the extras. If you get the DVD, you can. it is definitely worth a watch, the extra scenes about the making of and the concepts behind it. But she seduces Caleb without being that look at my body. She's very modest. She has a button-up shirt buttoned almost all the way up. No cleavage is showing. A petite woman. She doesn't have much to show anyway. And she's wearing jeans with a couple of holes in the knees. She's just 
standing there by yourself licking an ice cream cone. Pick you up some ice cream cones, put some vanilla ice cream in it, some soft serve from McDonald's if you don't want to scoop it yourself. Um, and beer. They drink a lot of beer. And barbecue because everybody... Everybody's nice and crispy. Everybody's nice and crispy. Ah, get some brisket. Nice brisket. Yeah. Some burnt ends. Yeah. Some nice char on some ribs. I will watch this movie again if you buy me the brisket. <laughs> that's got to be good brisket. Okay. Nice that's, that's char. I mean, yeah, nice barbecue, beer. That's a good theme mm. for this movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a Western. Mm-hmm. So, every time we watch a movie, we rate it 1 to 10. But 1 to 10 what? Well, it depends on the movie. What are we going to do for near dark? My first thing, Spurs. 1 to 10 Spurs. 1 okay. to 10 Spurs. And I do like how Caleb picks up the spur. After Severin blows up. After Severin blows up and puts it in his back pocket. Severin gave him one of his spurs as a peace offering when he... Saved everybody's life. Yeah, saved everybody. So he had one and Severin had one. And then when Severin blew up, the spur kind of jingle jangled its way over. And he picked it up and put it in his back pocket. And I'm like, what you gonna do with that? <laughs> like, you ain't gonna kill nothing. Like, what Not to mention, that? Severin did murder a guy with those spurs. So I'm just he, saying. Yeah, DNA is all over it. Mm-hmm. So... So then, uh, one to ten ice cream cones. One to ten burnt homers. <laughs> one to ten blood transfusions. Oh, oh, worst part of this movie. Yeah, I would agree. There's so much wrong with this, but yes, that is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> one to ten beer steins of blood. Ugh, no. <laughs> I can't. One to ten. Beer goatees. Beer sud goatees. <laughs> when he does, when Severin's messing with the guy in the bar, he goes, hey, did I ever tell you the one about Buffalo Bill? He puts his chin inside the guy's beer and it's dripping with suds to look like a goatee. Never mind, that one doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> one to ten jackknife trucks. <laughs> Exploding jackknives everywhere. Jackknife trucks. We're doing jackknife trucks. <laughs> Exploding jackknife trucks. All right, exploding jackknives. Explosions. One to ten mysterious, unexplained explosions. Can we just keep that simple? Vampires Um, stuffed with TNT. (laughs) One to ten vampires stuffed with TNT. That's what we'll do. Yes. Okay, this is a a nine vampire stuffed with TNT. This movie is amazing and everyone should watch it. It is the best vampire movie. The best one. The best one. It has a great cast. It is directed by Academy Award winner Catherine Bigelow. She also co-wrote the movie. It is of its time. It's got a bunch of 80s relic kind of cinematography and like the freeze frame at the end of the movie. It's very of its time. But that's what makes it so cool is that it was so hip and so cool in a way that you didn't see at the time. You still don't. It's nine vampires stuffed with TNT. (laughs) And that's the end of the podcast now. Because I don't want to have to fight with my wife for an entire week over this movie. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. Disappoint me. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry over here. Can I just tell you, you hyped it up way too damn much for what it was. Because it was the best vampire movie. He's like, are you ready for the coolest, like, days before we watch it? This is the coolest vampire movie. You're going to love it. It is amazing. And yeah, there was some richness in the characters that I enjoyed. I wish they would have explored that a little bit better than playing with the idea that a transfusion cures vampirism. Like, (laughs) what? 
and jackknife trucks just automatically explode. And there's so many logical fallacies in this movie that I just can't get behind. I miss the crosses. They're in the Bible Belt. There should have been at least one or two. And just one, just one vampire killed by a stake or even almost killed by a stake and been like, ha I got it. An accidental death of like almost like tripping and falling. There's farmland everywhere. Like there's so many things that they could have done to just kind of nod to those two like representations of traditional gothic Bram Stoker's Dracula that they didn't. They didn't touch it. And I understand that it was purposeful. I wanted to like this movie so much. It was the first movie that we've watched that has been directed by a woman. True? I believe so. I wanted to like it because my husband liked it so much. Just couldn't get behind it. I didn't... Like, Caleb's an asshole in the first scene. Like, I don't like Caleb. Yeah, Caleb's a little creepy at, at, at first. He's predatory. And then he gets his comeuppance, except she's in love with him. So it's this weird, like, was she the predator? Or was she just the person that made... That tricked him into staying with her? Because now he's a vampire and your family's not going to like you. And blah, 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 blah. There's so many holes to this. So I rate it. I really want to give it one more just to make you happy, but I can't. <laughs> it's a two from oh me. Oh my god! I'm sorry. So I'll talk to a divorce lawyer on, <laughs> on Monday, I guess. Two that that might be two, wow. Two vampires stuffed wow. with TNT. I can't. Wow. I just two a two. And it only got that because I appreciate what it did for Ugh. Buffy well, the Vampire. It's worth four alone. Honestly, Spike exists because of this movie. And that's why I got it too. <laughs> Bill Paxton was okay. He looked like John Travolta in a couple of shots, and it really freaked me out. Bill Paxton with like a full Lance head of Henderson's hair and strange. So creepy. All right. Well, we're not going to see I eye guess to this eye. was the last episode of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm heartbroken. <laughs> you can watch it again while I go to bed. <laughs> uh, I probably will. <laughs> All right. So next so week. Next week, we're going to be doing another listener request. Mm-hmm. We're going to be watching The Strangers, the home invasion movie. You can always keep track of us on Twitter at MurderSheDon't1 and on Instagram to see our sometimes awful food concoctions we <laughs> doubled eggs with grape. Jelly beans was not good. That was not. I would have preferred you, a black olive. And I, I I hate black olives, but I would have much preferred a black <laughs> olive on there. The, we didn't have any black olives because okay. we hate black olives. That's fine. That's I fine. worked I'm with just what saying, I had. I didn't force you to eat it. I'm just saying, never have a deviled egg with a grape <laughs> jelly bean on it. I feel like that's one of the things I probably should have known going in. <laughs> And I think I did. I, I think I did. You. I told you what it was before you stuffed it in your mouth. I know. I love double eggs, though. And then you chewed it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so promptly uh, spit it out. He if you haven't not. seen that on our Instagram, I ate those. Okay. <laughs> not all of them. I did like five, and I gotta say the Cholula on deviled eggs was kind of good, but the grape uh, flavoring on the jelly bean just kind of did not add anything to that. Subtracted even. Yes, it subtracted quite a bit. (laughs) Grape eggs, no. Uh, But yeah, check out our Instagram, check out our Twitter. I think that's really why you're mad at me, is because I made you those this week Well, and the fact that you've rated one of the best movies (laughs) ever a Two. Anyway, a two. A two, really? A two? So, we'll be watching The Strangers next week. Until then, remember, the, the night, night is so bright, bright it'll blind you.